Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. With working from home and trying to stay in touch with friends and family, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to always be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. My moment to chill is watching baseball, especially when the White Sox are on. I like to have a Coors Light beside me. It's a great beer to have watching the games as it's cool and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. And even the mountains on my cans turn blue telling me that it's time to hit reset. Sit back, relax, and hunker down for an evening of White Sox baseball. So when it's time for you to unwind, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Must be 21 years or older to enjoy. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate responsibly. If you've got a personal auto insurance question, you could talk to a cab driver. Although the policies he recommends might include avoiding the interstate, beating traffic by taking the back roads, and only making left turns when absolutely necessary. Or you could talk to your local GEICO agent, whose policy is to use their expertise to navigate your insurance, finding the best route to help you save money on insurance for your home, car, and more. And as an added bonus, you'll be able to avoid traffic jams and potholes entirely. To find a GEICO agent near you, visit geico.com local. Good morning, White Sox fans. I'm Jim Margulis, and this is your White Sox wake-up call for June 5th, 2019. For the third straight game, the White Sox offense provided an early sizable lead for Reynaldo Lopez. For the third straight game, Lopez came away with nothing to show for it. The White Sox lost to the Washington Nationals on Tuesday night by a score of 9-5 in a game where the White Sox scored the first five and the Nationals scored the last nine. Granted, the White Sox offense could have given Lopez more of a cushion. They had an opportunity to land a knockout punch on Steven Strasburg when they let off the fifth with the Yohan Mankata walk and a Jose Abreu double. With runners on second and third and Strasburg at 100 pitches, they should have had at least one more crooked number in them. Instead, James McCann grounded out to third, Tim Anderson grounded out to first, and Eloy Jimenez struck out to spoil the threat, and the game remained 5-3. That said, Lopez was never really in control of the game, even when leading 5-0, and everything eroded on him starting in the third inning, when he issued a pair of walks to the guys hitting in front of Anthony Rendon. That never seems like a good idea, and sure enough, Rendon doubled to make it a 5-2 game. In the fourth, Lopez gave up a solo shot to Howie Kendrick, then he faced three batters in the fifth and didn't retire any of them. He gave up a double on an 0-2 pitch to Trey Turner, then walked Adam Eaton in front of Rendon once again. Lopez hadn't thrown that many sliders, so he tried to surprise Rendon with one to start the at-bat. The problem was that it was a get-me-over spinner, and Rendon clubbed it out to center for a Washington lead. Josh Osich came in and couldn't stop the bleeding, and the game was over. As I mentioned, Lopez has spoiled, or helped to spoil, big early leads in three straight. This one was 5-0 after 9 White Sox came to the plate in a 4-run first, and Mankata crushed a massive 458-foot blast to the second deck in the second. The start before, Lopez had a 7-1 lead against the Royals, but watched it narrow to 7-5 before the bullpen allowed the other two. Then against Minnesota, a 4-1 lead turned into an 8-4 deficit before Lopez could even get out of the fourth. 
If Lopez didn't have the season he had last year and he had the track record of, say, a Dylan Covey or Manny Banuelos, Rick Renteria might have pulled him after four, or at least after the Turner double that led off the fifth. But Renteria seems intent on letting Lopez battle his way through his struggles. I don't know, maybe one of these times a really quick hook might register more. At any rate, the White Sox will finish their quick two-game series, and you always have to call every two-game series quick, today at Nationals Park. Speaking of Covey, he'll take the mound against former AL Central foe Anibal Sanchez. Covey is seeking an encore of his previous start when he allowed one run over six innings to Cleveland. Sanchez is trying to get as much as he can out of his unlikely rebound last season. This year isn't as charmed, as he's 1-6 with a 4.47 ERA, and he's averaging just a little under five innings a start. Jose Abreu loves him some Anibal Sanchez. Over 27 plate appearances, he's 13 for 24 against Sanchez with two homers, three doubles, and two walks to just one strikeout, so keep this in mind. First pitch is at 12.05 p.m. Central. The game is on NBC Sports Chicago locally and MLB Network for those out of the market. If you wanted the White Sox to choose a different course in the MLB draft, you're getting one. After drafting Andrew Vaughn in the first round, the Sox spent their second, third, and fourth round picks on high school players, and the rest on college seniors. Besides Texas righty Matthew Thompson, who the White Sox drafted on Monday, the Sox took California righty Andrew Dahlquist in the third round, then Mississippi speedster James Beard in the fourth. The rest of the players are all senior signings, the players who typically sign for $10,000 or so in order to allocate draft money elsewhere. That means two things. One, the White Sox will probably have to go over slot to sign at least a couple of their first four picks. And two, they will also probably consider overages the rest of the way. The third and final day of the draft commences at 11 a.m. Central with the 11th through 40th rounds, and the White Sox will probably spend a few picks up top on players who will require six figures to sign. Visit SoxMachine.com throughout the day to follow the picks in our draft chat. Down on the farm, there's some good news on the injury front and some bad news. The good news is that Bryce Bush returned from the injured list and homered in his first game back with Kannapolis. The bad news is that Nicky Delmonico is done for the season after suffering a torn labrum in his left shoulder. He didn't play for Charlotte after the White Sox optioned him, so the White Sox might have to add him to the Major League injured list or otherwise compensate him for the lost time. As for the games, Dylan Cease gutted through five tough innings for the win in Charlotte's 7-6 victory over Gwinnett. He allowed three runs on six hits and two walks and 104 pitches over five innings. He told our man in Charlotte, Jonathan Lee, after the game that he didn't have his good command. Cease's start at one point was interrupted by a foul ball that went into the dugout and struck Ian Hamilton in the jaw. Jonathan Lee said that Hamilton was able to walk off on his own power, but the ballpark was silent for about five minutes. Also, Zach Collins was ejected after going 0-2 with two strikeouts, but it was due to an exchange with the home plate umpire after a fastball that Cease threw got past Collins and hit the umpire in the hand. One interesting note, Jordan Stevens returned to Charlotte after his injury, but he made his first appearance for the Knights out of the bullpen. Birmingham lost to Jackson 9-1, but it was a good night for Luis Robert, who raised his average to 352 with a 3-for-4 night and added a stolen base. It wasn't so great for fellow May honoree Kyle Kubat, who allowed seven runs over three and one-third innings. Luis Gonzalez, Gavin Sheets, and Blake Rutherford all had a single. Winston-Salem beat Fayetteville 7-5. Nick Madrigal was off, but Steele Walker reached base three times in a single walk and hit by pitch. Kannapolis blinked Delmarvin 9-0. Besides the Bush homer, Jonathan Stever struck out seven over seven shutout innings. That's not easy to do against the Shorebirds, who are 43-14 this season. And lastly, in the Dominican Summer League, the DSL White Sox lost to the DSL Reds 7-3.
Around the league, the Phillies will play the rest of the year without Andrew McCutcheon, who is done for the season after tearing his ACL in a rundown. The newly acquired Jay Bruce will try to take his place, and he's off to a good start by homering in two of his first three plate appearances. Also, with the draft underway, teams are free to sign Dallas Keuchel and Craig Kimbrell without losing a pick. For Keuchel, the Yankees and Braves are the early front runners, but neither team seems inclined to pay Keuchel even a prorated version of the qualifying offer, which would be $11 million or so for the rest of the year. Running down some scores, Cleveland beat Minnesota 5-2 behind seven strong innings from Shane Bieber. Coupled with the White Sox loss, the Indians have once again regained sole possession of second place in the Central. The Red Sox pounded the Royals' bullpen for an 8-3 victory, which is even more valuable when considering the Yankees fell to the Blue Jays 4-3 and the race to the Tigers by a score of 9-6. In the latter game, Miguel Cabrera played through what he called chronic changes to his knee and hit a grand slam. In the most surprising score of all, the Marlins exploded for 11 runs in the fifth inning to beat the Brewers 16-0. That'll do it for this morning's wake-up call. Visit SoxMachine.com to talk about Lopez's struggles and follow the draft, and join us tonight on Sox Machine Live, where Josh and I will talk about said draft in the National Series. If you're new to the Sox Machine podcast, you can find us wherever podcasts are found, although if you're on Apple, I'd suggest Apple Podcasts over iTunes. If you're feeling generous, you can support the site and the show at patreon.com slash SoxMachine. If you already contribute, make sure you don't miss my month in a box for May, which is a post exclusive to Sox Machine supporters. Thanks for listening to the Sox Machine Podcast. For SoxMachine.com, I'm Jim Margulis. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.